your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everyone. You're listening to Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we bring you the latest and greatest news all about the NHL five days a week here on this very show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your next order. On today's show, I'm going to take a look at two different teams in the league. First up, we've got the New York Islanders who have very quietly put together a lengthy win streak, a lengthy points streak, all sort of without the notice of maybe anyone outside of their division. So we've got Gil Martin on the show today to tell us all about what is happening with the Islanders. And then we head to Minnesota as Kirill Kaprizov is the talk of the league. We're welcoming new Locked On Wild host Seth Topal uh, to talk about his team and tell us exactly how good Kirill Kaprizov is. So let's get things started right now with Gil Martin from Locked On Islanders. One of the teams that has uh, kind of gone under the radar this season and really kind of for the past couple of years is the New York Islanders, who have pretty much an epic point streak going on, uh, an epic win streak that's happening. And so I, I, for one, was surprised when I look at the standings and see the Islanders at the top of their division. And so I wanted to know how that happened and what is going on with that team. So today on the show, we have Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders to explain it all to us. Uh, and actually, I'll start out with this, Gil. Uh, we were talking on Sunday afternoon at this uh, Sunday evening, really. Uh, and uh, the Islanders just played a pretty, pretty interesting game against the Devils. I uh, care to break it down for our uh, audience here today. Yeah, crazy, crazy game. The start was delayed about five minutes because two Islanders players tested uh, well, I don't know if they tested positive, but they were added to the COVID-19 protocol, J.G. Pajot and Noah Dobson. And then the game goes to overtime tied at two. It looked like P.K. Subban had won the game in the opening seconds of OT for the Devils. But a league uh, review indicated that that goal was nullified for offside. It goes to a shootout. And Oliver Wallstrom, the uh, rookie former first-round pick, gets the game winner for the Islanders. So somehow, the Islanders increase their win streak to nine with a 3-2 to two shootout win over the New Jersey Devils. That kind of brings it to, uh, to another thing that caught my attention, which is that you guys had an eight-game win streak, which is... Uh you know, for, for someone who I don't get to see a whole ton of, uh, of that division was a pretty big surprise to see you guys just sneak on up there. What has been the secret to the Islanders success so far this season? More than anything, I think it's that this team really understands what's expected of them from Barry Trotz. They are very disciplined and they play the Barry Trotz defense first system extremely well. So there is balance on this team. There's no one line or one player that, you know, is a sniper that you really have to worry about, although Matthew Barzal probably comes closest. But all four lines can put the puck in the net, and they just played disciplined, smart hockey, gotten good goaltending, good team defense, and that's been enough to win a lot of close hockey games. Now, looking at the Islanders' upcoming schedule, um, you know, it, it's 
It's a little bit of everything. You've got a bunch of games against Philadelphia. You, of course, have the Capitals, who are uh, kind of the, the next closest within striking distance to uh, the top of the division. What's going to be the uh, the plan going forward to keep on this role and to keep at the top of the division? It's going to be challenging because uh, Anders Lee, the team's captain and leading goal scorer, was lost to injury before Saturday's game on on Thursday. So. That was a big loss, and they placed him on long-term IR. Now we have these two uh, players on the COVID protocol, so we don't know the full extent of that. But for the Islanders, it's going to be next man up, and they're going to continue to try to play that that system that works so well for them that you know got them to the Eastern Conference Final in the bubble last uh, summer. So. You know, they're going to look at more of the same. And now the only advantage to losing Anders Lee uh, to the long-term injury list is that it does free up some cap space and maybe they'll be able to acquire a top six forward at the trade deadline to try to get a little bit more offense uh, to make up for Lee's loss. Which is kind of interesting looking ahead to the trade deadline, which is approaching really quicker than I think any of us had really expected. And I'm sure that this year is going to be complicated by the fact that, uh, you know, there's going to be border restrictions. So the Canadian teams might not be making many deals with uh, those of us in the United States. But, you know, what what players do you think would be worth it for the Islanders to start looking into or for fans to kind of uh, set their hopes on as uh, as things get closer to the trade deadline? Well, one of the names that I've heard that I think would make a lot of sense is Taylor Hall. Uh, Because he's in the division, they would be able to make that trade without uh, a long delay as far as, you know, when he could come into the lineup. He's a proven goal scorer, even though he's not playing extremely well statistically this year. Uh, So, you know, to me, he would be a, a relatively moderately priced acquisition if he's a rental player. And it's something that the Islanders could probably pull off. But again, the key for the Islanders is that they're going to want someone who's willing to commit to playing well in all three zones and not just be, you know, a, a guy who scores 30 goals, but is a minus 15 at the end of the at the end of the season. What's the picture and goal look like for the Islanders? Because I know that that has been uh, also kind of quietly, uh, quietly very successful when you look at the goal differential for the Islanders and uh, how strong they are defensively. Is that also sort of a product of the Barry Trot system or, or do you also just have total confidence in whoever's in that? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, Simeon Varlamov is, uh, you know, 13, four and Three this year with a 203 goals against average and a 929 save percentage. And I guess the thing about Varlamov is if he sees the puck, he's very likely to stop it. And the team has a lot of confidence in him. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, uh, who came over from the KHL and was considered by many to be the best goaltender outside the NHL, uh, you know, he's improving as he adjusts to the North American game and the smaller rink and. And, you know, living in a new country with a new language. So, you know, he got off to a little bit of a shaky start in his first three starts. But since then, he's come on and and played better. And I would say Varlamov will start probably 60% of the games and and Sorokin will fill in on 40%. If you are, uh, you know, the Islanders Islanders aren't listening to this, so they won't know that you're giving away, you know, their their team secrets or anything. But, you know, what what do you think is 
kind of a weakness of theirs or something that as we get sort of into this back half of the season that they really need to sort of shore up to, you know, stay on top of the division and uh, get get a great spot going into the playoffs? Well, right now with Lee out of the lineup long term, it's definitely goal scoring. I mean, this team has balanced scoring, but again, they lack that sniper, that player that you have to respect every time they come onto the ice because they're going to be a threat to put the puck into the net. So if they could pick that up at the trade deadline and then the secondary need would be defensive depth uh, up until today's game, they actually played the same six defensemen in every game they had played throughout the first half of the season. Uh, now they, they clearly do need to add uh, a seventh or eighth defenseman who can just give them a little bit more depth since Devon left in uh, in a trade earlier this year. And then Johnny Boychuk had to retire because of that gruesome eye injury. We've got more coming up right after this on Locked on NHL. And we will close with uh, something a, a little fun and a little happy. I know any team going on a win streak, you know, gets gets fans really excited. And, you, you know, you want to tune in on every game and, you know, see how they're going to continue or at least continue to pick up points. What's been kind of the most fun thing about watching this, you know, really strong run that the Islanders have been on? I, I think the most fun is just watching how these players pick each other up. It's really a team effort. And you look at the goal scoring right now. Uh, you know, Anders Lee has 12, and then you've got Pajot with nine, Jordan Eberle with nine, Matthew Barzal with nine, Brock Nelson with 11. There's just a lot of balance, and all four lines on this team are capable of putting the puck in the net. They work hard. They play sound, fundamental hockey. This team is so well coached. They're like a coach's dream, and, you know, if you're a youth hockey player, Definitely check out a New York Islanders game because it's almost a how-to, uh, you know, uh, a how-to play smart hockey kind of a guy just by watching what these guys do on the ice. Well, thanks so much for sharing all the things that are going on with the Islanders, who, again, have very quietly uh, to the rest of the, the hockey world, I guess, sort of just rocketed on up uh, the standings to the top of the Eastern Division and uh, looks like it's going to be exciting going down the stretch for them. Thanks for sharing all, all of your uh, thoughts and uh, facts about the New York Islanders. For people who want to hear more from you and who want to uh, keep up with your team, where can they find you and your show online? Well, it's the Locked On Islanders podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I'm on Twitter uh, at Locked On Isles and, and also at Ice Wars NYR VS NYI. All right. Well, thank you so much and good luck uh, on the rest of the season. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks to Gil for joining the show today. Next up, we go to Minnesota with Seth Topol of Locked on Wild. So at the beginning of the season, when we were all sort of guessing who was going to be up for awards, everyone sort of thought that the runaway winner for the Calder was going to be Alexei Lafreniere up, up in New York, number one draft pick. Everyone expected him to come into the league and dominate. And so far, that hasn't been the case. But we do have another electrifying rookie in the league uh, who is running the, running away with uh, with the Calder right now, it looks like. And that is Kirill Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild. And so today on the show, we have one of the newest hosts on Locked On of Locked On Minnesota Wild, Seth Topal, who is going to tell us all about uh, their great new rookie. So welcome to the show. Is this what you expected when Kaprizov came and was finally going to make it into the NHL? Well, first off, Sarah, thanks so much for having me. I 
it's crazy to me because it feels like we had such high hopes for Kaprizov when he came to the United States for the first time. And he has in every way exceeded what we could even have possibly imagined he would be. He's so, he's so confident. He's so sure of his abilities and he just is so good that, uh, you know, he has very quickly become the the best player on this roster in uh, just his first year in the league. And I mean, every game I watch, he is the fixture point um, on either side. There are several teams that he just, he's the best player on the ice, depending on who the wild go up against. And honestly, it's just so much fun to watch. And every time I think I've seen it all from him, he does something else. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like as someone who has got to see him a bunch of times already uh, victimizing my own team, a whole bunch, uh, he's definitely easily falling into that category of player where you're like you love to watch him you hate to have to play against him but and in in a way that seems maybe unfamiliar for a lot of people who are used to you know the wild being just sort of a team with no big superstar on it in terms of like flashy offense is kind of making minnesota wild games the thing that if i'm looking around for a game like i will turn it on because i want to see what this kid does and that has to be a a really great feeling to to know that this kid is yours on your team oh 100 and you know you look back and the wilds have made the playoffs uh, i think it's something like seven out of the last eight years but during those times they always were just kind of this this solidly built team and like you said they didn't have that true like number one player that could win a game by themselves and, you know, going into the offseason, one of the big things that the Wild needed some help with was just speed. They just needed somebody that had some uh, some really good speed on the ice and getting that with Kaprizov and getting just the, the ridiculous puck handling, the um, skating around the Colorado Avalanche, skating around their entire zone from, I think, the last time they played the Avalanche. That was a memorable highlight, uh, the wraparound goal that he scored as he was being pulled to the uh, pulled to the ice, not to bring back any uh, unpleasant <laughs> memories, but uh, that goal, I mean, the hat trick that he had mm-hmm. uh, the other night, it's just, it's been an unreal highlight tape that he's put on so far this year. And honestly, I don't feel crazy now saying that he is probably the best rookie Minnesota has had from any perspective since we had Randy Moss for the Vikings. I think he's that good. We've got more where that came from. But first, I'm going to tell you all about Built Bar. You've been hearing us talk about Built Bar for quite some time on this show, on any show on the Locked On Network. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is best. That's right. It is Built Bar Madness. If you like brackets, if you like passing judgment on basically anything and picking who's going to win some stuff, well, guess what? Now is your time. You can go to BuiltBar.com and check out the latest matchups. Voting was tight in the first week, but we've got some classic bars that have advanced to the next round, including peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut brownie chunk, and many more. You can vote on matchups like mint brownie versus toffee almond or peanut butter brownie versus coconut almond, all on BuiltBar.com. And then while you're there, 
go check out what they've got available. Go to builtbar.com or built underscore bar on Twitter to find out more. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Also, BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and of course the NHL are all still in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, so basically anything you can think of, they've got it covered for you. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets, and best of all, it is free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On at betonline.ag for a 50% bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, you can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Our expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The sky's the limit. Like he's still, you know, obviously came over after several years in the KHL, so he he's not quite the like 18-year-old rookie, but you know, he's just getting started. What's it kind of look like in, in terms of for the wild, you know, players who are going to be coming up to surround him in the near future to help kind of continue to build around him. Well, one of the big building blocks that they got from this, uh, this last NHL draft was of course, Marco Rossi, who unfortunately uh, has been dealing with COVID-19. There was hope that he was going to at least get uh, a little bit of a look this year just to see kind of where he slots in a team that is really desperate for some uh, some true top line centers. Rossi projects to be that kind of guy. Um, we're going to have to wait until next year to see what he's got at the uh, at the earliest. But thankfully, you know, on a human level, he seems to be uh, recovering well and moving on from uh, from dealing with that. So Rossi definitely projects. Um, into that future for this wild team. And another guy who is, uh, is just tearing it up with uh, Boston College right now is Matt Boldy. And he certainly could be a dynamic top six scorer for this team as well. So a team that before the draft really had some uh, issues at the center position and just in offense in general, all of a sudden now has Kirill Kaprizov. They've got Kevin Fiala, Jewel Erickson-Eck, and Jordan Greenway both playing very well. And uh, you add a uh, Marco Rossi, you add some other players to that mix as well. And suddenly this team has that elite defense and they've got some youthful, uh, youthful scoring that can uh, can provide some burst as well. This this team is going to be a problem here uh, within the next couple of years. And it looks like this season, there's also there's also been some changes in net as well, bringing in Cam Talbot. And it, it really seems like that position as well has has stabilized uh, between Talbot and uh, Capo Kakinen, who I have seen a ton of in the AHL, always looking fantastic. And it looks like he is translating that very easily to the NHL as well. Yeah, the, the goalie position was uh, another weakness heading into the season. Uh, Alex Stalock, who really did his best to get this team into the playoffs last year. Devin Dubnik did not have a good season. 
um, and now has moved on to San Jose. But they had, uh, I believe it was either second to last or dead last as a team in uh, several goalie statistics last year uh, and still were able to uh, make it into the playoffs. Now even getting just league average goalie play, and they, they certainly have had above that, but even just making the jump to getting league average goalie play from their net minders has, has made a world of difference. And Capo is just, he has found that, uh, that same form in the AHL and uh, has become one of the best rookies uh, other than Kirill Kaprizov uh, in the entire league. And, uh, you know, Cam Talbot is a very steady presence that just, you, you know what you're going to get with him on a, uh, a nightly basis. So, you know, credit to Bill Guerin for, uh, for finding the weaknesses that this team had in the off season and uh, really doing a good job to uh, help fill those holes. And this season has been really kind of all over the place from the wild from, you know, earlier in the season, all the issues with uh, COVID and having to postpone games and being sort of at the bottom of the standings because of it to now as we're recording. So obviously things will possibly change overnight, but right now second in the division, uh, what's, what's the ride been like this season for, for a Minnesota wild fan? Well, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie that uh, that stretch in February where the team was shut down for two weeks due to COVID-19. Uh, that was uh, that was frustrating because, you know, you felt like I think it was a game or two before the shutdown. You felt like we were starting to see some signs that uh, that this team was putting it together. And since I, I want to say they are 10, three and one since uh, being shut down. Uh, so obviously Dean Evison has been pushing an incredible amount of buttons. You've got, you know, you've got six players. Your top six seems pretty solidified, at least at this point. You've got guys that can contribute on a night in, night out basis. And I mean, getting a chance to see Kaprizov just do crazy things. Uh, it, it has been an unbelievable ride. And as as you said about Kaprizov, we kind of feel like the um, the sky's the limit for this wild team as well. They're playing a little bit ahead of where they were expected to be this year. And so if they can, if they can keep this momentum going, who's to say that they can't make a little bit of a run in the playoffs with the, uh, the format this year and all the experience they're going to have um, going up against all these other West division teams. Well, it certainly is a exciting time for everyone I know who who follows the Wild to get to see all of this, all of the hard work of the team finally coming together. Uh, we'll close with one question of looking forward uh, as the uh, the the Wild have a handful of games coming up uh, against Arizona and also Colorado. What's sort of your outlook for the Wild for the next uh, couple of weeks of where you hope they'll be uh, once this slate of games is done? Well, I don't see any reason to suggest even uh, even going all the way to the end of the season. I, I feel like this is a team that is good enough to be in one of those top four spots and get a playoff spot in the West. Now, heading into the season, we thought maybe they'd be third or fourth, but the formula that they have going has worked. And until somebody in this division figures out a way to stop Kirill Kaprizov, I'm starting to push them more towards that second place spot in the division. You've got St. Louis and uh, and Vegas to contend with as well as Colorado as well. So it's going to be tough, but I, at this point, I'm just, uh, just enjoying the ride and however long they, uh, they want to keep it going. I'll be uh, happy to cheer them on.
Well, that's making for some exciting games uh, coming out of the wild. For people who want to uh, hear more about the wild, who want to uh, maybe do some advanced scouting of Kaprizov before their teams meet up, uh, where can they find you and your show out there online? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth Topes, T-O-U-P-S. Also can uh, check out uh, our wild coverage at miniice.com. And uh, I will be getting further and further uh, integrated into the uh, the Locked On network and uh, hoping to have Locked On Wild shows rolling here uh, relatively soon. Thank you to Gil and Seth both for joining me on today's show. Make sure you follow them on social media. Make sure you subscribe to their shows and give them a listen to keep up with all the greatest news from around the league. That is it for today. There, of course, is more Locked On NHL content coming your way tomorrow, so make sure you come back. I'll be back on Wednesday with Tom Gazzola to talk about some Western Conference-ish news. And then, of course, back here next Monday talking to more of our local experts. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribing to this show on Twitter at Locked on NHL Pods. You can find me at Right Said Sarah, I guess, if you want to suffer along with the uh, season of the Los Angeles Kings. And of course, this show can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. Tell your friends all about it and come back tomorrow for more hockey talk here on Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.